Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here. Today in the studio, we have another special guest. Today, we have evangelist Henry Miranda, and he is an author. He is an evangelist. He has so many amazing things under his belt, and I'm really excited to have him here today to talk with you, our amazing audience. And so, Henry, I'm just going to just give you the floor. We love to hear our guests' testimonies, why you're a believer today, how it increased your life, impacted your life, and then we'll go from there and talk about your book that you released, your 11th book, Free Falling Into Hell. Now, that that is a bold title. And so we're going to dive deep into that. But I just want to give you the floor. Tell us who you are, Henry. We weren't born Christians. Most of us were born in sinners. Mm-hmm. And, and the only reason most of us become Christians is not because of us or what we did. Or it's because of uh, prayers that people pray for us. Family members, especially the grandmas and the mothers and the wives. that keep us in prayer. If it wasn't for their prayers, we wouldn't be... Wouldn't, we wouldn't turn to the Lord. If we did turn to the Lord, it'd be, I would say it would be kind of rare. The Lord one time showed me, he showed me hanging on a thread. And he said, the only reason that you're still here is because of your grandma's prayers. If it wasn't for your grandma's prayers, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about the experience that I had. I grew up in Houston, Texas. And I was, like everybody else, hanging around with the gangs of guys and everything. And then at the age of 12, we started breaking into boxcars. And, and then, of course, uh, somebody always has to turn you in. Mm-hmm. So I had to go in front of the judge and uh, my brother came all the way from California and he said, uh, he told the judge, I'm going to take him back with me so to keep him out of trouble. And at the time, I thought it was a good idea, but I don't have to be worried. In a gang, you got to do what they tell you and, you know, like, yeah. it, it really, it's not a life that you want really want to be into. I mean, it's hanging around with the guys and one thing and everything, but being ordered around and it's a different thing. And then when I came to California, I didn't have to be in a gang anymore. But the only problem with that is that the mentality, your mindset is still there from whether the way you grew up and the way you think is in your mind. That's why possibly you have to renew your mind because all those things are there and you need to get yeah. get rid of them. And that's a, that's a journey. I, I um, got real lonely over here because I was 12. My whole family and friends were in Texas. So I started drinking beer and smoking and taking, you know, just things to get that loneliness and depression away. So uh, what happened was then I became an alcoholic like everybody else. And I just, even when I went to the service, I was 18 when I went to the service in Korea and I got myself in trouble over there because of that drinking and stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. So I ended up in a prison over there, an army prison. It's, man, it's terrible. Wow. Wow. But I'm not going to tell you that I had a good life. I had a pretty bad life because I, I made my life. Mm-hmm. But anyway, when I came back home, 
I know plans of getting married. I like being now with the guys drinking and cruising and doing whatever. But then I saw this beautiful girl. She was 18. And it changed my life. I mean, it didn't change my life, but I mean, it just it, it changed from not being married to wanting to be married. Yeah. But it didn't change me. My lifestyle was still the same. And during the day, I go to work and I, you know, I do the family thing. But at nighttime, I was a different person. Hang around with a man you don't want to know where to hang around these places, motels. You could people wouldn't even get mostly. I think the rats and the roach for better comfort for mm-hmm. them than for us. But when you're into that drugs and stuff like that, it doesn't matter what where you, where you hang out as long as you're doing what you think is making you feel good. Yeah. Anyway, one day um, when I came home, it was uh, my wife and, and, and I had four girls, they weren't home. So I, you know, and the loneliness just hit me. It just like, it doesn't go away because uh, where was that price? Empty. We're missing something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I said, well, I'm going to go to my friend's house and we'll have some beer and stuff. And he lived about 20 miles away. And I think about people now, they don't want to go to church three blocks away. And here we are looking, yeah. driving 20 miles away just to get mm-hmm. what you want from his friend. Drugs, drinking, and that's what we did. And then uh, we had a habit of, uh, he always gave me a six-pack on the way home. And then I, I want to make sure I have a six-pack at home. But I said, I'm going to go to the store and get another six-pack. Well, I went to the store, I bought the six-pack, but I was passing this candy section and I put a candy in my pocket. Since the days in Texas of stealing, I, we stole a lot because you're broke, you're poor, you steal everything. Comic books, you steal money, whatever it takes. But in California, that's the only thing different I wouldn't do. I wouldn't steal no more. I, didn't, I mean, it's time for drinking. No, I'm not, I didn't, but the stealing it. But the candy bar, I don't know why I did that. Put it in my pocket. I could have paid for it, of course. Mm-hmm. I had a good job. I was doing air conditioning. You know, I was making good money. So that wasn't the point. My idea was that to support the family, take care of them, and then I take care of myself at night by going out. We down the streets. I guess I grew up, and that being in the streets, it took a long time to get out of me. I love mm-hmm. that being on the streets and hanging around. And most of the time, <clears throat> I always thought it was my friends that you know persuaded me. But then I found out after I became a Christian, it was the other way around. I persuaded them to do the drinking and do the things that we did, all these bad things. Mm-hmm. But anyway, as I was coming home, like I said, I stole the candy bar and everything. And this is Cucamonga, Cucamonga, where they have this, when it rains, it's like a river that's going down those streets because you got that, that incline that goes down. And, and then each corner on the block, they put like boulders because the water hits it so far, so hard, that it, you know, what do you call it? It rains the water, the dirt is, you know, mm-hmm. goes away, eruption, or what they call it. But anyway, as I got in my car and started driving down, that that was that was an, an uh, like baseline, and I lived by foothill, so there was a big incline, and I I forgot all about my driving. I decided I wanted my candy bar, so I got the candy bar. I didn't even look at wheel, nothing. I just started eating the candy bar, and I was and I was, and I was like drive fasting to begin with. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I hit this embankment, way down there on on, on, on Stafford and and uh, Hermosa. Right in the corner, hit it so hard that the A-frame, tire, and everything came off. Everything. They hit it so hard. It was just a bad. I had a, a ladder chained up to the, on top of the truck. We never found that ladder. It just took off with a, with wow. a hit. How hard you hit got it? got out of wow. that truck. Dallas, this is the thing. I got out of that truck, picked up the tire, A-frame and everything, put it back in the truck, and I tried to get back into the truck to take off. But the door... 
would not open a second time. I think the door was like an accordion. It's an impossible impossible for anybody to come out of that door. Yet I came out of that door, picked the tire, and, and I tried to take out. That's what we do. We don't go with and leave notes and say, well, look at that. I hit your car. I'm going to take care of my children. Call you. No, we just, we hit and run. We're the ones that make all these scratches on your cars and bumps and everything. And we have no responsibility. I thought to myself, man, this is it. After this, I think my wife's going to leave everything. You know, it's going to be going to jail for reckless driving, whatever. Mm-hmm. So the policeman came and he was talking to me. The thing is, when I was talking to him, I stepped in a pedal and I sprang my ankle. Oh. At the very moment, I heard this voice tell me, that's how easy you can get hurt. I heard the voice from heaven. This is how easy you can get hurt. And I said, wow, I don't have a scratch, a bruise, nothing. Nothing to indicate I was even in that truck. That has spared my life. Went a couple of days to the church to look at the truck. It was like an accordion. The whole front was smashing. Well, imagine hitting a bank when it's 60 miles an hour. God that's save a, your life. That's a thing. So I went, <clears throat> I heard that talk to me, right? And I went home. And what did I do? Start drinking again. So get it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't learn, right? You know, we get so many warnings yeah. from God, and we go, <laughs> and we just ignore it. I had so many dreams, so many visions, and so many, you know, going on. And it was scary for a little bit. One time I saw, oh, my God, I saw the the, the judgment where Lucifer was the one that claiming his people. He claimed his people. I'm going to tell you that right now because I saw it in vision. And God was in this, I claim, and when I got to the front of it, I saw how, how he really looked. God, I mean, I stopped drinking for about a week. And that was it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right yeah I understand. You know, when you have this encounter, you're afraid, you are you feel guilty, all of these things, condemnation. But then it comes back. Then the temptation comes back to keep drinking, keep smoking, keep, you know, doing the things that are not pleasing the Lord. I understand that. I understand. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because it scares you for a little bit and all the things you say, wait mm-hmm. a minute. Maybe that didn't really see that's the problem with, with humanity. We don't believe a lot of things. We may see it right in front of you, but we won't believe it. Yeah. It says seeing is believing, but I don't believe that seeing is believing because a lot of people see and they don't believe. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. it's all the miracles and stuff like that. And they didn't believe. Yep. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Introducing 99 relapses. The interactive podcast that not only engages you through audio, but also directs you to their website for additional resources. At 99relapses.org, you can access tools such as previous podcast episodes, show transcripts, devotional videos, memory verses, and podcast exercises to aid you on your journey of recovery. These sources are available to provide you with support, engagement, and strength. Visit 99relapses.org to start your journey toward recovery today. That is number 99, relapses.org. Are you looking for a place to discuss your personal spiritual journey and connect with others who share your passion for faith? Look no further than Spiritual Aspiration. Join them as we explore the intersection of spirituality in everyday life and discover the freedom, joy, and meaning that come with surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Find more information at spiritualaspiration.com. Out of your 11 books, would you say that this book is more of your testimony in a book, would you say? It's my testimony. What happened was I didn't even think about the Lord or God, nothing. I just 
wanting to get out of this mess that I got myself into with this wreck and mm-hmm. anything. I knew that the boss, there's a company truck. I know I told her down, I knew I was going to lose my job and I was going to, she was going to take off. My wife was going to leave. But so what I did, I told her, because Easter was coming, my brother called me, let's go to church. And so I told her, we're going to go to church. And so she, she was a Christian. She got happy. Yeah. That's how you, <laughs> She's probably you make women happy. You, you know? <laughs> yeah. People, what they want once in a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I went to church. I wanted to be close to God. I just went to, to pacify the wife. But at church, I feel, man, I feel so good. So we came out of church, we went back home, but the, the night service, I told the wife, let's go back to the night service. And then we were at the night service, I saw, I saw Jesus with his arms stretched out, like he wanted to receive me. Mm-hmm. And I gave myself to the Lord. And at that very moment, I felt so overwhelmed with just speaking another language. I, don't, I try not to do it because, you know, well, well, man, I don't want to be jumping up and down and talking funny. Yeah. So I was holding on to the to the seat in front of me, the, the what do you call that? Uh, the pew. The seat. That's why my hand got even yeah. white. Yeah, there you go, the pew. <laughs> and that's uh, that's how I became a Christian. Wow. He he had you. He wanted you for many, many years. You know, it took a, a few bumps in the road, but he finally got you. And here you are, 11 books later, sharing your story with other people, encouraging people that the enemy will claim his people. God will claim his people. We must repent be baptized, turn away from our sin, yes. and follow Jesus Christ. That's the only way to salvation. It's the only way. It's the only way because he God shows us, and he shows us for a reason. Like I said, I told it, the company truck, so that means no work for me. Yep. No truck, no work. Yep. I do air conditioning. I have to do service calls. I didn't know the boss was waiting to see for the to see the police report and see if I was drunk whatever it was, but no, you know, that had to care that the policeman wrote that I only had one beer, wasn't drunk, intoxicated, nothing. I just had one beer. It was just an accident. So I got a new truck and my job back. But in the meantime, we got so behind on our bills and I was praying, asking the Lord, I need money. And everybody says that you get a check or you get this. And some way I'm looking in the mail for checks and I'm, and, and nothing was happening. I'll tell you this little story real quick. And, there's a salesman that came and tried to sell insurance. And I told him, well, I'm not even working right now. We don't have no money. Anything. He says, and I told him, we're getting behind everything. And he said, well, I have a friend that needs air conditioning. Maybe you can go and sell the air conditioning for him. So I said, sure. I get this right here on Riverside Avenue in, in Ontario. So I said, okay, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to talk to the guy. It was a mobile home park. As I drove into the park, there was one coat. And I said to myself, there it is. But anyway, I went to the number that he gave me, but the guy says, no, he wasn't interested in anything. So then I said, so I left. And as I was going out, I remember that one where I said, there it is. So I went back and I knocked on the door. And when I knocked on the door, a couple, a young couple, they come out the door, they had a phone book in their hand. And they asked me, yes, can I help you? I said, yes, I'm here to give you an estimate. They look at each other like, what? They were just looking for somebody to install air conditioning. So I did the job. Man. So I got enough money to, to you know, that's to a good the mortgage, the uh, payment, like $3,000 back then, that's a lot of money to take care of everything. So that's the way the Lord works. Yeah. Lord works. Everybody says, well, he works in mysterious ways. Yeah, for us, but not for him. Yeah. Yep. Not mysterious works. for him, right? He, he lined it all up for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> Henry, you were talking about being anointed and being an evangelist. And so tell us a little bit more about that in your life. How have you used your gifts to impact other people for the glory of God? It took, like I said, it was in 1984 when I became a Christian. It took almost 20 years. Now, I mean, I was going to church and I do Bible studies. I think I was like everybody else. I looked like a good Christian, a good Christian little boy. But in reality, I wasn't really disobedient to what God has for me because I didn't want to be an, uh, an evangelist. I went to the church because I wanted to go see this evangelist. And it was sitting in there and no, I didn't know anybody in that church, but he called us out, me and the wife, to go up there. And he, then he poured the oil and learned me to be an evangelist. And I said, man, I told him, well, we can come back to this church ever. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to. So I went to, went to another evangelist a few months later, and the same thing happened. So I said, man, I don't, you know, I just still didn't want to be an evangelist. Yeah. So in 1990, the Lord had me write books. This is the way I am. The Lord says to write this little book. Eternal life. It was only 80 pages. It shouldn't have took long at all. But here's a catcher. He wanted me to put my testimony at the end of the book. And that's where it took 10 years for me to write that book because I didn't want to. And I never did put the testimony. Three books later, the path to eternal life. God had me put my testimony and three other people's testimony from Texas, Michigan. I don't even know where these people came from. Only God knows. But there's three testimonies in that book plus mine. God, God gives his ways. You know, so I learned that the more obedient you are, the more blessings and the more comfortable you can live. I mean, God's not going to walk away from you and God's not going to say, well, you're not doing what I want you to do. I don't love you no more. No. The thing is, he, he wants us to be where he wants us to be and not where we want to be. It, but he's not going to walk away from us. He's not going to leave us alone. Never. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So that's, God never left me. The books, I've written 11 Christian books. One book, that it was called The Winds of Doctrine. That book was written, edited, published within one month. Wow. Wow. The Lord can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. I didn't have the. I even didn't have the money for to do the publishing and stuff like that. But the Lord provided. It's just like the website. I have a website, but I can't say, "Oh, I designed it." I didn't know. God said somebody says, "God told me I'm going to send somebody to, to help you with the." And I said, "Oh, so I'm waiting for somebody to knock on the front door." I never expect them to come through the internet and do it through the internet, but they did the website. His name was Ralph, a very good Christian. He's with the Lord now. But he did a very good job on, on putting it together. So all this ministry is that because God wanted me to have a ministry in 1984. He wanted me to name the ministry Jesus is the answer. And I started by just doing what? Letterheads and and uh and did the business card. That's as far as I got. And I never did anything for the Lord for those 20 years. Now with it's uh, he gave me a new ministry, you know, evangelized for, for, for Jesus ministry. This and he does everything. Hey, time I want to tell our, our audience sure as well, they can, they can visit your site by typing in evangelize-for-jesus-ministries.com. And that link is also in the description of the podcast. You can click on this and check out this site as Henry is describing it for us. Henry, continue, please. Yeah, I'm always uh, available to answer any questions or to help anybody. 
the way I can. That's what um, that's what being an evangelist. At first, like I said before, I was. I'm not a kind of guy that likes titles. I don't know, pastor or evangelist or minister. I know I serve the Lord, and I and I and I, and I like to. I, I love doing Bible studies. Love the Word, but I don't. But the Lord gives you a title. It's because you're supposed to use it. It's for it's like he's honoring you. And you by saying no, you're dishonoring God. That's what I'm learning. After so many years of being a Christian, 40 years, I'm learning that no. The day I became a Christian, the next day, the Lord told me to go out to the desert. He told me, and I told the wife, the Lord told me to go out to the desert. And she said, Well, go, go. And I didn't go. That's when I started my disobedient. My neighbor across the was dying. The Lord told me, go pray for the man. I called my brother. Don't go pray for the man. He's dying. No. I started out being disobedient, and it took me a long time. It was like, I I, I, I see myself as Jonah. But yeah. Jonah, it only yeah. took him three or four days to come to the census and do whatever. It took me 20 years. Yeah. I mean, I never yeah. left the Lord. I was never yeah. obedient like I should be, like now. And then, no, I would not do anything unless the Lord directs me. I would not try to go out and even I won't even go out to do uh, preaching or anything that that would be on my own. It had to be the Lord sent. God sent. He sent me to Texas. He sent me a different place to preach it. He does send you places and he does provide for you. So it's not, oh, I have to have the foot. No. If God sends you, there's no way you could be asking I need money or I can't do it. God doesn't yeah. work that way. If God wants he's you to gonna, do it, he's going to provide for you. Yeah, he's going to so provide. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Thank yes, you. He's our heavenly father. He's going to provide for us. Mm-hmm. Remember the the Jesus when he had the disciples following him and then a lot of them walked away and then he, Jesus turned around to his disciples and says, are you two going to leave me? And what they say? We have no place to go. Where else will we go? And that's like me. Where else can I go? I'm where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit, Henry, about the love of God. And so your testimony is similar to my testimony that I was a drug addict at 16, 17, 18 years old. And the Lord is patient. He waits for us. He calls us to follow him. And just like you, I was running away from the Lord. I didn't want to follow the, I didn't want to follow God. I didn't want to do the things he wanted me to do. Today, I'm a missionary living in Brazil. I'm calling you from Brazil today, Henry. And I was running from God, wow. you know, but he's such a good father that he he loves us so much that he puts barriers in front of us. I think this is in Hosea where the, the person is pursuing their lover, but God puts things in the path where they couldn't achieve what they were seeking after. And that's what God did for me. I was seeking to be filled up by the world. I was looking, you know, for the drugs and the things and I would get in trouble. I would not be able to do the things that I wanted to do. God was stopping me, physically stopping me to go because he loved me. He had better plans for my life. And I'm so grateful that he, he, we have free will, but I'm so grateful he reaches in and does some things, you know, and it hurts him sometimes it affects our life. It, it changes things, but I'm so grateful because he does it because he loves us. He does it because he wants us to follow him and not pursue on the path. Like you're saying that, free falling into hell. That was my life. That was your testimony. And it's so many other people's story that they are free falling into hell. We're, we're, we're like uh, the gravity, the, the hell is pulling us in. Yeah, I get exactly. Into, you know what? Heroin almost killed me because uh, a dirty needle sent me to the John Wesley. I didn't want to go to the hospital. 
And the wife, she man, she fought and dragged me and put me in the car and took me to the took me to the hospital. And the doctor said, five more minutes, you wouldn't have to be here. I have so many friends that are buried right now because of overdose and stuff. Yep. And you think you're gonna we you think that we can overcome this with with our own strength. We can't. You can't overcome these 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 trials, these difficulties in your own strength. It's only through Jesus Christ that you can overcome. And so I'm very passionate about this type of ministry because I was in the darkness. And I know if God can save me, if he can save you, Henry, after all of your life of running from him, he can save anybody. And so I'm really grateful that you are here today to tell us your story, to tell us about your book. And I want to encourage our audience today, check out your book on Amazon or on your website, Free Falling from Hell. I'm going to go back a couple of books. Yeah, the Lord, help me write uh, the three books that are, that, are, that are talking about the wrath of God, mm. humanity. And then the other one, I said, wake the town, tell the people the wrath of God is coming. And then this one here, we got is trying to warn us that he's coming soon. And, and if we don't change and start looking towards him, we're going to end up just falling into hell without even realizing where we're at. There's going to be so many Christians in hell thinking they're doing the things of the Lord and everything, but they're not because they're not being like me. They're not being obedient. They're doing the things that makes that pleases them and not the things that pleases God. them. Exactly. There's a exactly. difference. If God wants you to sit there and wait until he calls you and do something, then do it. Wait. Don't say, I'm going to go preach over here. I'm going to go over there. You can't do that. Yep. Because we belong to him. And when we belong to him, means we surrender ourselves to him completely. That means that we have to do what he tells us. He's yep. her boss. Yep. That's He's it. If you give him control over your life, he service. can dictate what you can and can't do. He is the boss. Let him be the boss. Surrender. Yes, it is. Surrender. <laughs> My last question for you today, Henry. Is, is this, what would be your advice for our audience today who maybe are struggling in their faith or who feel disconnected to God? What would you say to this person to get on the right path? I would say this. You have to give God a chance. You have to give God a chance to work into your life. It is not an automatic thing. It doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes we go through so many things. We go through disappointment. We go through depression. We go through loneliness. We go through a lot of things because the devil is always attacking you. And that's what he's doing. He's grabbing you and trying to pull you down with him. He don't want you to, to, to be saved. He wants you to be lost. Yep. So we yep. need to just concentrate on, on, on taking that path that God gave you and realize that you're not alone. Jesus is there. God is there. And the Holy Spirit is there to guide you down that trap, that path. Yep. But we need to see beyond ourselves. Because it's not us that do anything anyway. It's God through us that everything is done. Mm -hmm. When we become born-again Christians, the Holy Spirit came and joined with us. We became a new person inside, not outside. We're still the same outside. We're still fat, ugly, and whatever we are. <laughs> but yeah. in the inside, God changes everything. That's where the love comes from. The love of God starts right there in the inside when the two, two spirits regenerated and became one. Give God a chance to, to work in your life. Let him show you how, how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, and how much he wants you to go in his direction. Do the things that God asks you to do. Not that hard. It's not hard to love God. God doesn't put more than, than you can bear. It's easy. I had a heart because I wanted to do what I wanted. I wanted to please myself. It's always hard when you have a, a different agenda than God. Give up, give up on your agenda. Your agenda is no good. Get you nowhere. Lead you what? The gravity pool of hell. No, yep. 
We need yep. to know that God is there for us. Give him a chance to show you his love, his mercy, and his grace. Amazing. Amazing. Henry, thank you so much for your time here today. I really appreciate everything that you've shared with our audience. And if I can have you end our time together with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you're always with us. You always provide for us. You always take care of us. You never abandon us, Father. We pray now, Father, that you continue, Father, the work that you have in us, Father. Help each one that are listening, Father, that they're having trouble, Father, that are struggling in their life, Father. Show them that you're still there for them, Father. Lift them up, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.